0: And welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell. And in this episode of Chick Flicks, we are finishing off our romantic month with uh, the films The Notebook and Love and Basketball. But first, let's catch up. What are you into? Um, I'm reading this book right now called Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead by Olga to- um, Tokarczuk. And she is a Polish author. And this book won the Nobel Peace Prize for Literature. Wow. And it's about this elderly woman who lives in a remote Polish village with like only five other people and one by one, her neighbors um, are mysteriously killed and she is like kind of eccentric and she's really into astrology and she believes that the, her neighbors are being killed by animals and that the animals are revolting against the people in the village. And it's, I'm like moving through it very slowly, but it's, it's really good and uh, an interesting read. and, That's cool. What else am I into? Oh, I watched the film Horse Girl a couple weeks ago starring Alison Brie and she also wrote it and I had, I had to think about it for a while, but I do think I liked it and enjoyed it and want to recommend it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a movie about this very introverted, shy young woman who works at a fabric store and lives with a roommate and like kind of hasn't come out of her shell. She's really into horses and as the film progresses, she starts to believe that she is being abducted by aliens and that she is the clone of her grandmother. Um, And I was telling Mackenzie, the one thing I really hated about the movie was that it was two like very conventionally attractive women, Alison Brie and this other actress whose name I forget, but she's in search party, like pretending to be like really weird outsiders, but Mm -hmm. they still are super hot. You know, like you can tell Alison Brie has like a six pack you know, like yeah. in some scenes from, from glow probably, but it yeah. was just like, really took me out of it. I was just like, you are a conventionally hot woman pretending to be a weirdo. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Give I get that. Non-conventionally attractive women, these roles, even if you write them, you know? Uh, and then I'm also, I, uh, I guess I have like a Darth of new media consumption because I have just dived back into a Gilmore Girls rewatch that is, so intensely soothing. Like oh, I was describing good. it to Tim. I was like, their problems are so small. They're just like <laughs> rich white people living in Connecticut. No offense, Mackenzie. Um, That's okay. <laughs> but like you don't have any real problems. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What are you into this week? The main thing
1: that I'm into is, um, and a recent episode I think of This American Life mm-hmm. it was episode 692 called The Show of Delights and it was by Bim at a one me who I recognize from Another Round a podcast that I used to love um, with Tracy Clayton and Heaven Negatu. Oh, yeah. and um, Bim was always on it and when Heaven went like away to write for I think the late, late I don't know Another project, yeah, shows. yeah. Um, Bim filled in a lot for her with Tracy, mm-hmm. but Bim did is now at NPR, I guess, and she did this show called "The Show of Delights" on This American Life, and it was just about her finding delight in little things and her getting stories from other people that were finding delight.
0: Ooh, What's an example of something they found a small delight um,
1: One person recorded their son getting on the bus for the first time, and he was so excited. He was like, when the bus came around the corner, he was like, it's really heavy. Like as you can imagine, like a little Aww. boy like screaming about getting and I was just like I was like crying listening to it on the way to work it was so cute. And it just like made me so happy. And I was like, I should do that. I should try and like find delight in things and like train my brain to like look for
0: that. Things, but it was like things s- other than Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> find one more thing that makes me as happy as Pride and Prejudice, yeah. <laughs> the two thousand five version. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: so i highly recommend anyone listen to it it was so good and like i want bim to have just her entire own podcast that is just that like i would be obsessed with it um and then the second thing is sort of like a i'm making fun of myself for but i watched the show ragnarok on netflix And it's not good. It's like a super corny CW show, but it's Norwegian. (laughs) And uh, it's about like Thor and it's like about like pollution in this small town in Norway. And um, the rich people are like the bad giants. And oh, it's like, it's. Is it like a CW show about Thor? Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay.
1: And it like. It was, and the town that it's shot in is so gorgeous. It's like this, there's like huge mountains all around, like a glacier. It's just gorgeous. So it's like that combined with Mm -hmm. like everything else, like levels it out for me where it's like very beautiful. So I can Mm -hmm. like deal with the corniness, but the corniness is also like sweet and makes my brain relax. So Mm -hmm. I finished that (laughs) in a weekend with Ian. It was really nice. Um, and then the third is a, another poetry book. Really, uh, that was one of my goals this year, sort of, like, get into poetry. <laughs> um, but it's called Soft Science by Franny Choi. And it's, like, I really like it because it seems very, like, I don't know how to talk about poetry. This is a new journey for me. But
0: Look, <laughs> there's no wrong way to talk about poetry.
1: <laughs> it's very, like, it seems, like, cinematic where, like, a lot of the poems i could like picture being like edited into a montage or like and uh, some of it's very it's very like textural too like a lot of it's very like gritty or like soft and like squishy i don't know what i'm talking about but i like it a lot (laughs) so recommend soft science by Franny Choi.
0: (laughs) you should come up with like do an instagram post on all your poetry recommendations
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so I should do that. Cool. I was I was saying today that I need to post like on Instagram about the books I'm reading. Because you
0: yeah. you're reading them. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I'm four books into my 25 books goal on Goodreads. Oh my gosh. I'm too ahead of schedule. Oh my I gosh. I can't be stopped. <laughs> I am literally well, so literate. <laughs> Plus, like you do
1: it sometimes, but Bethania does it too. Our friend, mutual friend, Bethania will post like beautiful pictures of like her beautiful book with like coffee and like <laughs> a biscuit or something. And I'm like, I want that. Re- so. hashtag
0: reading goals yeah <laughs> all right aesthetic smart girl aesthetic smart yeah <laughs> i am literate or <laughs> posing as a literate person there's actually kind of an interesting phenomenon of like celebrities who post books on instagram you know like SpawnCon for books you know right that mm-hmm. kind of ties into that um, yeah but that i mean anything a celebrity like it's all that's SponCon. true have you ever been on emma roberts instagram <clears throat> no. her, her whole thing is like yeah i read Oh, and so Nicole Ritchie also like reads really weird books too and always posts them on Instagram. So lots of different types of people read. There's no one type. (laughs) (gasps) All right, let's get into it. So I want to start with this quote from an article by Lindy West, her her review of The Notebook, which came out in 2004. Quote, it's June 6, 1940 in Seabrook Island, South Carolina, and Ryan Gosling is at a carnival. Suddenly, he spots a sexy babe on the bumper cars, and his nostrils flare so wide you can see his brain. Lindy West. (laughs) Ryan plays Noah, a poor lumber mill worker who sets his sights on Rachel McAdams' alley, the aforementioned sexy babe who hails from northern money. The two young star-crossed lovers fall deeply in love over one steamy summer. When classism tears the two apart, Allie goes back north for school, while Noah makes it his life's purpose to build her dream house. After five years apart, Allie ditches her new fiance and takes refuge in Noah's newly burly beard and strong house building arms. There is no conflict for the rest of this movie, and eventually the two die in each other's arms. This is an unusual summary in that I did the whole plot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I support it. Everyone knows what the plot Every, is about. Except him. We, all, we, we just watched the ending, and he was like, What I, is yeah, happening?
1: Most, like all girls, know. Are, Audience, (laughs) yes,
0: this was a huge sleepover movie from ages twelve to sixteen. You know, for yeah, all all of us of this generation, probably. Yeah, I can still. I think I read the book. Oh, but I don't remember it at all. So did I? I don't know. (laughs) I had one friend who was so into this movie, like she was obsessed. I would safely wager that perhaps she has watched this movie over fifty times, and like was such a diehard fan that we would watch it and she would tell you all the things that were different in the book. And they weren't even like interesting things because it's not like a great rich text, you know, it'd be mm-hmm. like in this scene, he actually says, instead of I love you, Allie, he says, Allie, I love you. You know, like something <laughs> that was like, like that me with Harry Potter. Yeah. The first- <laughs> yeah. It was like that. And this movie also, I think even though a walk to remember came out first, I feel like mm-hmm. this movie Jump-started the Nicholas Spark era of yeah white people holding each other on yeah. film posters and dying and dying <laughs> yeah or they were <laughs> ghosts the whole time oh my god there's one where they're one of them is a ghost, a ghost the whole time yeah is that Jenny Tatum
1: um I honestly don't know I you know to the people that this movie was their favorite romantic movie. Like, I get it, and I feel for you, but, like, have you ever seen Pride and Prejudice
0: 2005? Because I think it would. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to say that about every movie we review after Pride and Prejudice 2005? Maybe. (laughs) Well, just for the romantic movies. Yeah, true. Like, this... Lindy West says this in her review a few times, but she says this was a movie made for women by a man. And I do agree with that. I think there's things in it that as a young woman you aren't like aware enough maybe to kind of digest it and say, Oh, this is actually bad for me or, you know, um, but I think as we all kind of had our pop culture, feminist awakenings, there has been a lot more scrutiny towards this storyline, which is weird. It's has a terrible start. Well, I think that, uh,
1: it's the same. It's a lot of like, they bully each other and that's yeah. like, cute. Um, and I think that like, we've all been trained to think that's cute since we were kids. Like yes. he th- he likes you. That's why he's teasing you or whatever. And like, I think that same thing, what happened in pride and prejudice and love and basketball. But I think the, with like pride and prejudice, they grow from it and they change a lot during the course of the story. True. Um, And in this, they don't. And that's like kind of their like calling card is just like,
0: we're just going to be together like this forever.
1: Yeah. Like like, squabble. And the, the, it's like abusive sort of like how Noah is like, I'll kill myself if you don't go on a date with me.
0: Yeah. That's how they meet. Both of these movies, they're like very like physically aggressive with each other. You know, like I was thinking like, Mm -hmm. there's like a scene in the notebook where she like slaps him and he grabs her. Yeah. I was like, if anyone ever touched me like that, I would be like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. You know, like don't ever lay a hand on me in anger.
1: It's not that it's, it's like a, a, it is an abusive relationship. It is. It is.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And he does. Yeah. He like goads her into going on a date with him and she's like, no, I don't want to do that. And then he sees her on the street and he's like, go on a date with me. And she's like, no, I don't want to do that. And then her friend and his friend and Noah conspire against her like it's yeah. like a horror movie it's like what jordan peele talks about when he was referencing rosemary's baby and stepford wives you know it's like women suspect that people are conspiring against them or minorities yeah. and then and then they are yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's played yeah. played straight like it's so cute that he did that
1: yeah and honestly i'm talking like i hate this movie and i don't hate oh it. yeah
0: like we'll get into it we'll get into yeah. it i was making fun of it when i as I finished watching it and also crying, yeah, <laughs> oh, okay, so this movie has a framing device that I guess is sp- supposed to be a twist, but I can't remember mm-hmm. having a new enough brain or like yeah. watching this movie for the first time, yeah, that if it was a twist ever, I don't know i
1: yeah, I don't remember either. So I read like on the I m d b trivia or whatever that they the old couple and the first time you see Allie and Noah, they're wearing similar color palettes so that wow. you like, get it.
0: But who knows? Yeah, so they're like, it's an old couple and the white, the woman is in the like a nursing home for dementia and the older man is reading her this love story about these two young spring chickens in the 1940s. And it's them! It's their story! And he reads it to her to remind her of their love. Um, but for some reason he goes by Duke. He transitioned into a nickname with age
1: <laughs> I don't know if they do that just to throw it's you off I was thinking about that too like because he doesn't change Allie's
0: name yeah name
1: from the story he's just like your name is Allie the girl's name is Allie exactly but the boy's name is Duke they maybe he does her, like
0: it. sweetie or something the whole time you know like
1: yeah it's or like they didn't try hard know. enough <laughs> Like maybe she was aware enough to know her name, but she wasn't aware enough to know his, and he didn't want to like disturb her by being like, "I'm reading this story that's actually about oh, you." Oh yeah, like, and, and me. me. You know. Yeah, Exa- that's yeah. true. I'm when the he guy. was just like a stranger to her.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And in Lindy Re- West review, she was like, "If I have dementia, I hope my husband doesn't include the part in the story where he bangs a hot war widow." Yeah. <laughs> okay. True. So. This is kind of a love triangle as well. Um, James Marsden is introduced as Allie's new love interest when she's older, who she gets engaged to. And -hmm. this actor has had, like, he's made a career out of playing the third guy, or like the second guy in a love triangle. He, I can name like so many movies, Uh, he's Cyclops in X-Men, where he is cuckolded by Wolverine. He is oh, in <laughs> uh, Enchanted, where he is cuckolded by McDreamy. He is... Oh, yeah. He just like... he. Oh, he's in the Superman movie that came out in, like, 2005, where he's cuckolded by Superman. Like, he cannot stop playing this character.
1: I think because he's, like, too perfect-looking. Yeah. So he's always, like, the...
0: Like... The nice guy there's technically nothing wrong with.
1: Yeah. But it's, like... Too, like... It's a, like shows the lady that she has to go with
0: the yeah. other like,
1: da- like slightly damaged, yeah, like something oh, very true. Version.
0: He is like objectively more attractive than Ryan Gosling, but it's funny how that like doesn't matter for attractiveness too. Like just because yeah. he is, he's like the ratio of his face is like more pleasing to the eye, <laughs> doesn't make him sexier than Ryan Gosling. You know?
1: Yeah, it's I agree. Weird. I like. I like how ambitious noah is in that he like builds a house even though it's like because he's insane um and i also <gasps> was surprised reading about this movie that they both rachel mcadams and ryan gosling went so like method
0: they were in <laughs> love
1: well b- well not at first yeah they like they um but they both like lived in the town ta- like a t- whoa where was this? They like lived in the town. Ryan Gosling like would make he furniture every day and go rowing
0: every day. <laughs> and I was like crazy. They did not have to do that.
1: And she took like ballet classes and etiquette classes and stuff. And-
0: that being said, it doesn't feel realistically like in the 1940s. like I feel like they feel like two modern people. Also his like yeah. older self with the shaggy beard. I just don't buy for a second that he's from the 1940s. Yeah. I feel like if she saw him like that, she'd be like, are you okay? Like, are you full on <laughs> mentally ill that you look like that? The <laughs> other Although guy I'm who? talking to is James Marsden and his hair is perfectly quaffed.
1: Yeah. But also who knows? Like that's, true. that's like, goes, going. Ba- sorry, going back to Prime Prejudice. I just can't stop myself. Like they were real people. You know, right. they could have been, they could have had those like big bold personalities, and we just like can't picture it in our heads because
0: we think of everything as being, yeah, more formal. Yeah. Oh, so Ryan Gosling had a cute, huge like career jolt from this movie, but mm-hmm. Rachel McAdams, I think, is the better performer, and she really like there's not a lot to go on for Allie in terms of mm-hmm. character, but she brings like a real vitality to the role, and this was like oh, yeah. right after she did Mean Girls too. Which is crazy. It is crazy. The, she range, has the range is
1: insane. She, has she looks the range. like a completely different person. She
0: really does, like so different. And she, I think yeah. she's a great actress. And honestly, mm-hmm. anything that Scarlett Johansson is in could have Rachel McAdams in it instead and benefit from her. I agree. She's You're also right. really funny. She's gonna be in this new movie with Will Ferrell. You know, like Euro, Euro. What's that competition where like people sing about European countries? Eurozone. I don't know. I don't it's crazy. Know. It's like the super. I know what you're, tra- I d- They're I know gonna what you're talking. They're going to be in a movie about, just... about that, like competing. I love it.
1: I love it too. Because she, she does have the range. She can be in like disobedience with uh, Rachel yeah, Weiss. Yeah. Has... and then she could do like a Will Ferrell or, or comedy. Game Night.
0: Hey, did you see Game Night? No. Game Night is cute. You and Ian should watch it. Okay. It's I fun. think I would like it. Yeah. It's a it's a romp. Um, <sighs> apparently, no one wanted to take Noah's role because they didn't understand his arc. Nicholas Sparks said it was turned down by many actors because they were like, what's his arc? And Nicholas Sparks was like, he's just a man who falls in love. And yet, that's the arc for a lot of women and actresses. I know. I was going to say, like, that's why it was so funny. Yeah. Because I was Uh, like, wow,
1: welcome to every role for a lady. Yeah.
0: Other problematic things about this movie. There's two times where Rachel McAdams gets so overcome with emotion, she loses control of a vehicle.
1: Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, um,
0: and Lindy she, West. Is, sorry, on. She like she.
1: I love that she is so like joyous and like full of life, but she's also sort of manic. Yeah, which you know, I'm a bird. Yeah, that part I don't like.
0: No, it's. I'm also just like a cynical person. She's also very. She's very childlike. It's weird. So yeah. Um, in Lindy West's review, she says uh, she's describing the end of the movie where. Rachel McAdams, feeling conflicted, she goes to hang out with Marsden, hoping that it'll help her make up her mind between the two men. Marsden Mm -hmm. tells her, in spite of everything, I love you. Which is almost as hot as Pickup Line as, you are a pain in the ass 99% of the time. (laughs) How will she choose between these Casanovas? Which is something that he says to her. He says, you are an asshole 99% of the time. Yeah. (sighs) Not great. Not great. They also just, like, don't feel like real people, too. Like, at all. They have no, like defining characteristics outside of their driving love for each other. And that they're like mean to each other. And crazy. Yeah. I think. So
1: I wrote this in the notes. But I said that the older I get, the more I don't care about like subpar romances. Like Mm -hmm. this one. And I care more about like the lifestyle. If there is no like good romance to like for me to latch onto. Because a good romance, I will soak it up. And I love it. Hell yeah. But like. Sub like I won't settle for this subpar shit anymore. No. Like I once did, but no longer. But now I'm like, give me P and P or give
0: me nothing. Yeah, for,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm. I do like that she. I as far as I can tell, she like doesn't have to work, which I like. <laughs> I also would not like to work. Same. She just paints. She just paints in a house that's a man built for her and like i don't know that seems kind of nice to me
0: (laughs) it does seem kind of dope i wish they had made her more of an artist though that would have been cool that she was just like bankrolled or supported by noah in her art that was like a twist but that's like what i infer you're reading yeah that's my yes your deep deep read read. (laughs) that's my wish for allie god Um, I also wanted to include that (laughs) this is from Nicholas Sparky's Sparky's Wikipedia page. Uh, He and his wife gave $10 million. Oh, my God. Is he divorced? Because it says then wife. That's not very romantic. (laughs) Close to $10 million to start a private school, the Epiphany School of Global Studies, which sounds like a nonsense name. Um, and then there was leaked emails sent by Sparks in 2013 to the school's headmaster in which Sparks strenuously opposed attempts to make the school more inclusive in terms of faith, race and sexuality, including by permitting an LGBT student group. In the emails, Sparks accused the headmaster, who later resigned and sued Sparks for promoting an agenda that strives to make homosexuality open and accepted. Sparks apologized for these and similar statements and said he supported LGBT rights. It's like, it seems like you don't, sir. Yeah. And I mean,
1: all of these books and the book covers and everything is like this might as well be like a Christian book club
0: breed. Yeah. Do you know what it's, I mean? Yeah, for real. And they're very white and like Lindy West points out that they use music almost exclusively by black artists in this movie. Oh really? And then like the black people who show up are like the nurses. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is like don't force diversity, but it's just like feels like a retelling of the 1940s. They do, that-
1: uh, they do? And I was surprised by this. Noah had a lot of black neighbors, and I was surprised that they even yeah. like bothered to do that because I expect even less from movies like this, frankly. So I was like pleasantly surprised that they at least did that. But yeah. still,
0: obviously, it's not. Yeah, for real. Do you think that um, Rachel McAdams? Had sex with James James Marsden's character. No. I think she was a virgin. I think so, too. End of discussion. (laughs) Uh, Well, we'll get more into that type of thing with love and basketball. Um, So we had mixed feelings about this movie, but a lot of people liked it and a lot of people hated it. This is from (laughs) IMDb. I have have not read this before. This is a surprise to me. (laughs) Uh, One star review. (laughs) I'm already like laughing. (laughs) When they lay in the street to watch the lights change, I wanted an ice cream truck to run them over. (laughs) It's awful. Another poor boy meets rich girl and her parents disapproved movie if only ryan gosling's character had fallen from the carnival ride and she'd married the carny dude who had been responsible for the texas chainsaw massacre in a nearby lot 7 of the paramount studios then we might have had a movie worth watching what we need is more of the main characters and trite movies to turn into cybermen with secret yearnings to marry daleks and they need to eat green jelly beans a definite sign of moral deficiency in any character anywhere so, it's this like, person, this was not the audience for The Notebook.
1: Yeah. And the title of the review was No Monster Truck
0: Scenes or I mean, Crashes. Tim's or only critique of Little Women was that there were no ghosts. That I can understand. Valid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One might be expecting that. Mackenzie, <laughs> what are your final thoughts and rating for The Notebook? Um,
1: you know. Every time I watch it, it deteriorates in my, Mm -hmm. like, I think, like, when I was in high school, I would have rated it, like, an eight. Wow. I think now I'm going to rate it a five.
0: Yeah, wow. I feel the same way, and I feel like there's lots of good, like, cute or heartwarming moments in this movie in spite of, like, the kind of baked-in problematic misogyny and stuff. But I feel like it's also just, like, a poorly made film at times, too. Like, it just, I don't know. There's not really any conflict or story, and I don't care about the characters. So I'm going to rate it a four. Okay. And also, I Nicholas do, Sparks is a homophobe. Yeah. Nicholas Sparks
1: suck, sucks. I do think it's, like, there are a lot of beautiful mo- like beautifully shot moments. Mm-hmm. And I like that there's no conflict. Because <laughs> I'm, like, <gasps> let's just, like, get it. Like, be together. Like, mm-hmm. Sure, sure, yeah. sure.
0: Well, let's jump into our next movie, which has a lot more conflict.
1: So our next movie is Love and Basketball from 2000. Quincy McCall and Monica Wright first meet as 11-year-olds playing on opposite teams in a game of pickup. As the two neighbors grow older, the most important things in their lives become basketball and each other. Love and Basketball traces their relationship through high school, college, and beyond as they deal with their family's ambition, and their long-lasting love for each other. You this can is, already tell based on that a lot more is going on. Yeah, I feel like, like a lot more to
0: unpack <laughs> uh, than the Notebook, uh, and like a lot more just story. You know, uh, yeah. I think that this movie actually had something to say both about love and falling in love that the Notebook didn't have or didn't say in this like an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are very similar in a lot of ways too, are.
1: which is why we chill, like decided to pair them together. Like in general, they have like a similar arc where they are like young in and in love, and then they break up, and then mm-hmm. they reunite years later. Um, and they also have like a huge cult. They both have a huge cult fi- following as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I think love and basketball, like we said. Does more stuff.
0: And they came out only four years apart from each other, too, which I thought was really interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. This movie came out in 2000. But this was my first time seeing Love and Basketball. I had heard a lot about it. And Mm. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, The stars, Omar Epps and uh, Sana Lathan, are both so charismatic. I think her more so than him. Yeah, I agree. By a lot. She's really, she's so good. She's really, really good in this. I saw, it's so funny, I saw like on the Wikipedia page. Some reviewers said that she was like stiff or whatever, and I'm like, they just failed to understand the character. I think, yeah, um, and that's that's something I I really enjoyed about the movie. Um, this writer Anupa Mystery in Vulture wrote an article called "Why Aren't There More Movies Like Love and Basketball?" and she said, Gina Prince by the Wood, who is the director? um made a film about a girl who's a little prickly, one who says what she thinks, plays with the boys and is hesitantly dragged towards conventional femininity and sexuality by others. And I think that's another reason why Monica stands out in this movie for a protagonist in a romantic movie. Yeah.
1: And I like that I I like that the movie succeeds in building her character up and like she is just not treated well by Quincy, I think, but treated well by the movie, if that makes sense. Yes, Um, yes. And Anupa Mystery goes on Mm. to say, sort of like critiques in her review on uh, Vulture. She says, um, when Q and Monica finally do get together toward the end of high school, he's so dumb. He has to see her in a skin-tight white dress to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the conflict that happens a few years later um, is he... I mean, we could talk about this more later, but she says in college a few years later, Monica opts to follow Coach's curfew instead of staying out late with Q and he selfishly blows up. Um, and I think that moment has been like a big divisive mm-hmm. moment between fans of the movie too.
0: Because like, people can take either side of the yeah. couple. So like a subplot in the film is about... Quincy's relationship with his father, who's also a famous basketball player in the NBA and also has cheated on his mom and perhaps even sired a a child outside of marriage. Um, and Quincy, you kind of like immediately understand in the film, you see Quincy's interaction with Monica are like very charged and misogynistic. And then you see how his father interacts with women and you're like, Oh, I get it. And then Mm -hmm. halfway through the film, he uncovers his father's, um, infidelity and it really affects him and so the scene that Mackenzie was referencing is he has just found out about his father's infidelity and like is asking monica to stay with him and be there Mm -hmm. for him and she has to she has this um responsibility to her team and she has to go to bed
1: Mm -hmm. uh
0: so yeah like i could see how you could read it other way even though i think ultimately quincy is kind of childish um i think like she like,
1: yeah, I agree. Like, the, and the crux of it is, like, she does ask him to come to her dorm with her.
0: Yeah. She's and she like, says come, to him, like, like, would you have done that for me? Like, would you have mm-hmm. risked starting? Mm mm-hmm. the, You know, and probably not. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. This is also an interesting movie because both lovers have the exact same ambition. Yeah. You know, they both want to be really great. Famous basketball players,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and for because of their gender, mm-hmm. uh, that looks different for either of them, you know. Like mm-hmm. Quincy gets signed immediately to the NBA, and Monica mm-hmm. has to kind of tour in Europe, mm-hmm. um, but they want the same things, so it's yeah. interesting to see that align, yeah, at, or not align. Or like, not you align. it's like I think the
1: like. A uh, contrast of the two is really mm. interesting, like you said. I mm. was like, why doesn't she just play in the WNBA? But it's like, I don't know anything about sports. The, the WNBA end.
0: didn't start until exactly. yeah, <laughs> the mid 90s or something.
1: 96, I think. Um, so, and then at the end, of course, she is in the WNBA, but I was like,
0: why not? Speak but, about like satisfying lifestyle moments. That was my favorite part yes, of the film, is the ending. Me too. Monica is playing for the WNBA. She looks beautiful and Mm -hmm. she's like on the court smiling and she turns and Quincy is in the audience with their child. And that was like so satisfying. Mm -hmm. And you were like, Oh my God, like she has it all. She did it. You know, it's like, who cares about Quincy like, or, (laughs) or his career. You're like, she did it. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. And that, like I said, like the movie treats her well in that respect. And I think like it, by highlighting her ambition and her like drive for that, just, that one goal of being a basketball star and if like i like that she faltered a little bit Mm -hmm. in that like because it is extremely it was like almost impossible for like a woman to make that her career in america Mm -hmm. um and what i didn't like was her saying to Quincy, I lost my drive for the game because you are in my life. Oh yeah. I had a problem with that, but I think at the end with her being in the WNBA, that was a good move.
0: And um, it's kind of like her story subsumes his in a way that you don't see very often. Yes. And the contrast between this movie and the notebook too, is I think in the notebook, the lovers all encompassing ambition is just to be with each other. But in Mm -hmm. love and basketball, they're trying to figure out a ways to be together while like Mm -hmm. mutually fulfilling their own dreams, which is a huge challenge. And that could be Mm -hmm. the subject of like many more love stories too. I think, Mm -hmm. um, I think this movie has another similar relationship to the notebook, which is a mother daughter relationship. And -hmm. this movie sketches the relationship between Monica and her mother out far more realistically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love Alfre Woodward. She's amazing as the Mm -hmm. mom in this movie. Mm hmm. Yeah,
1: it's really intense at the end where they have, like, mm-hmm. Monica, her whole life has been sort of disappointed in her mom for not mm-hmm. sticking up for herself or, um, yeah, basically not sticking up for herself mm-hmm. and giving up her own career so that she could take care of the kids in the house and her husband. And um, there's, like, a final confrontation between the, Monica and her mom about that and mm-hmm. the... Camille, I think is the mom's name, she mm-hmm. sort of just like breaks down and is like, "I." it was like a choice I had to make, but she's like upset and she like slap. she even like slaps Monica. Yeah. Um, and it's really upsetting.
0: It's very upsetting. And I like that their relationship isn't like totally, they don't like try to put a band-aid on it kind of, you know, like you, it doesn't really resolve all the way, you know? Um, I think also this movie, what it, another thing it does better than The Notebook is its approach to sensuality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And love. Um, a lot of the reviews we read pointed out that the first sex scene between Monica and Quincy has a noticeable condom in it, uh, mm, yeah. which I can't think of another movie
1: off the top of my head where you see yeah. a condom. I know. I, as soon as I saw that, I was like,
0: oh, yay. Like, safe sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pr- so rare. Yeah. Um, and it just feels it's really like sweet and intimate. Um mm-hmm. Alyssa Rosenberg in the Washington Post writes about the movie. She says the first time they go to bed after a high school dance they both attended with other people is almost shockingly intimate, even though Prince Bly- Blythewood shows very little of their bodies beyond their bare shoulders, which is true. Um, yeah. And I think that they have a more like they have a really like lived in chemistry to the whole. Yeah, the whole for film. sure.
1: It did feel so like real, mm-hmm. <laughs> The for, like the first sex scene for sure um and i guess it is the only the only sex scene Mm -hmm. i suppose but they have like tons of great like flirty moments too yeah i did i did so they have a similar chemistry to ali and noah and that they like bicker and fight a lot and that's sort of their dynamic yeah i think it's less than ali and noah Mm -hmm. but and i think it make sense a little more here because they were friends for their whole lives first mm-hmm. before they got in a relationship but i still don't think it's even and i i, I don't know like quincy is just kind of a jerk sometimes mm-hmm. like yeah he is he's very boneheaded um and he whole he the, the whole like he when Monica upsets him by not staying out after curfew, he goes and is just like, fine, you do that. I'll like start dating other girls. Oh, man. Like, and he's just like out there, like talking to other girls. And, yeah, like going and on a date like,
0: with one of them. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's like emotional, like blackmail. It it's is so and bad. It made me
0: so angry in the moment, too. Because yes. like, I can imagine like a college boyfriend doing that to you and yeah. just being like, what the fuck?
1: Oh, yeah, so like, mad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah like nothing monica ever did to him came close to being that bad
0: so yeah that was really fucked up and he could have maybe learned he scarred her for life literally yeah he literally scarred when they first meet pushes her and she has a scar on her face for the rest of her life yeah (laughs) it's a metaphor um (laughs) i think this movie uh is also near and dear to a lot of people because it's a depiction of like black love and family life that is rarely Mm -hmm. seen on screen Mm -hmm. um Aramide Tanubu writes in The Spool um, that it seems stunning that sex and sensuality amongst black people was almost non-existent on the screen up until the mid nineties, love and basketball helped usher in a new era of black intimacy and desirability in film for black women. And regardless of socioeconomic background or religion, many of us have been grounded in a tradition of silence when it comes to sex as a way to undermine stereotypes of hypersexuality. Black women have often been taught to suppress their sexuality, or we've been shamed into silence about physical needs and desires. It's a mold that has slowly been chipped away in the last 30 years or so and popular culture um, and this movie you know uh, at, just out this week I think is this movie called The Photograph which is a mm-hmm. um, a love story with Lakeith Stanfield and Issa Rae uh, you know so there's, there's not many but it's mm-hmm. nice to see more and more movies uh, romantic films with like people of color as the lead characters
1: yeah and I think also this movie is like this these are black families that are like wealthy and mm-hmm. they have like i like quincy's family ends up like breaking up sort of little in the like halfway through the movie but mm-hmm. it's like uh they have like these full families and they have like like mm-hmm. in shawnee hilton wrote um an article in buzzfeed and said uh it's been a little while ago uh It's been nearly a decade since Black audiences were able to see a film that spoke to a familiar but underrepresented aspect of Black life. What life is like when you have the degrees, the car, and the job, and the nice house. Um, And then uh, Anupa Mystery in Vulture is referencing that quote from Shawnee Hilton and says, when Love and Basketball came out, it was important for me to see a film about people who listened to the music I listened to, cared about the things I cared about, spoke the way I did, and looked like my friends and my crushes. In that sense, love and basketball still feels singular. 14 years later, it could use some company. I do think, like, mm. that's true. Like, it, it there obviously we also just more. need
0: more romantic films made. Yeah, I do want to see the photograph. Has that been good, good, getting I've good? I heard like reviews? okay view, reviews when my coworker saw it and was talking to me about it today. Okay. it was like kind of boring, but okay, <laughs> but fine. I feel like your mileage may vary a lot on romantic films too yeah i agree for sure because
1: so, it has to hit everybody. it's like it's tricky like like we were saying like it has to hit so many different notes like and that's why uh, one reason that this works so well is that it um it's not just about their relationship it's about them like in Alyssa rosenberg's article she says love and basketball would be a good movie if it was only about monica and quincy's relationship but it's a great one because their love affair is a part of a larger mm. story about their struggles to figure out what kind of woman and man they want to be. True,
0: true. The notebook could never. That is not <laughs> what the notebook is about at all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This movie also has a lot of cameos from famous people. Oh, yeah. Regina Hall, Gabrielle Union, and I was shocked to see yeah, Tyra Banks. At the end of the film. I know, me too. I was like, what, Tyra Banks?
1: <laughs> yeah. I did that, like, blinking meme guy. <laughs> like,
0: Oh, I love you, Tyra. This is definitely after she did the Barbie movie. Life size. A good movie. Maybe I think we should in do my
1: it. like twelve year
0: old brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie. Who knows? Um uh-huh. Mackenzie, do you want to read the one star or it's not a one star review, it's actually a ten star review. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have to do the you have to like do the intonation. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty good at it, surprisingly. Yeah.
1: I like really act it out.
0: Yeah, that's what I want to hear from you.
1: Okay. We love this movie, but <laughs> I did not realize the Platinum version had more sex in it when I bought it for my 12-year-old. Not the extras I was expecting. But the movie is great. I make it a different version because we
0: like it so much. That was in caps.
1: Yeah. Did that yes, come across? Maybe not
0: for 12-year-olds, but
1: maybe yeah. so. Not, too, not I too, okay. heard, like I heard a lot of like, they... Where the MPA or whatever it is, the rating board yeah. was gonna rate it an R, but then there was like another raunchier movie with Brad Are Pitt. kidding? That like had almost like such a similar scene, but even more raunchier, and it was PG thirteen, and they like played it uh, side by side. I think that is uh, Blythewood or whatever. Wait, that's what's wild. What? That's so annoying. They, and they had that's to bring cool. it down to PG thirteen. <laughs> that's so
0: annoying. Um. I've seen her other movie Beyond the Lights mm-hmm. which is another was like, romantic movie. It was really good. It was super long though. It was like way too long. Okay. That was my one critique. But also The Notebook was crazy long. I was like The Notebook yeah. is two hours long. Jesus Christ. There's not even you conflict know? for the last like 30 minutes. Not gonna lie I thought Love and Basketball was too long too. I mean yeah Love and Basketball maybe could have been trimmed down you know yeah. a little bit. We but a lot happens. of the father subplot.
1: Yeah. I just Personally planned. I didn't.
0: Slimmed. Slimmed a little bit, yeah. Um, what was your favorite parts? Ooh. of, like sorry no, go of on. the movie of like um, I re- I loved I love the ending obviously, mm-hmm. and I also was incredibly moved when she you know it's it's so stupid sounding when she challenges him to a game for his heart and yeah. she like he is winning the game and she kind of had thought like if he loses it's because he loves me but he mm-hmm. wins the game and so you can tell she just like does a really great job of like registering that pain yeah and then he's like double or nothing and you yeah. know she's got him what about you
1: so uh, well i didn't think when he said double nothing i was like what's
0: gonna happen <laughs> I thought I we, didn't didn't we didn't understand we didn't understand a sports metaphor what does all. that
1: mean does that mean they keep playing
0: uh, yeah i thought it like meant they keep like that like let's keep let's play to like she it was three to five so i think they meant like let's take it to
1: okay
0: yeah
1: oh okay okay so that's when he said that i was like that just means they're gonna keep playing and like maybe it can go either way again like i don't know (laughs) and but then they started kissing and i was like oh that just meant kissing okay Yeah. but my favorite i really liked the end part with the wnba but i also loved like when they were teenagers and like flirty but they had this tension because they were both like into each other but not admitting it yet and I yeah. love
0: that <laughs> I know that was really cute or like when she shows up to the dance and he's like pretty, like a little jealous that yeah. was cute. Too. I
1: love like when uh, so their neighbors which I also love that when they look at <laughs> the
0: window through each other
1: yeah when they look out the window to That's each- cute. and when his parents are arguing so he goes and sleeps on her floor oh Loved yeah that. I like that too it was, it. You know,
0: it was really sweet it was really really sweet I I really enjoyed it and I'm glad we watched. I'm going to give it... I'm just going to jump to my rating. Yeah. I'm going to give it a
1: six. Me too. I'm going to give it a six too. Really good. Really, really good romantic movie. Happy we watched it. Me too. It was like definitely a blind spot.
0: (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, It would really help us out if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at chickflixpod and email us at Podcasts at gmail.com. Our next episode will air on March 9th and we'll be
0: talking about The Devil's Backbone and The Innkeepers. Going back to spooky stuff. Yeah. Um, Chickflix is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Grief-Carlson for our music and thank you for listening to Bye. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>